welcome to The V-Hive, a platform focused on women's intimate health. With weekly episodes from the field's top practitioners, we discuss all of the things you've always thought about but never wanted to talk about. On this podcast, we are making the highest quality information on the most beloved part of your body accessible, understandable, and implementable. I'm your host, Hannah Matluck, and I started this platform as a result of my own experience with chronic pelvic pain. Throughout the years I spent healing my body, I became overwhelmingly interested and passionate about these topics and have made it my mission to create awareness and education on the complexities of the female body. So I know that I've told you guys about Patreon several times in the past episodes, how the VHive created a Patreon, which is essentially a platform where you can become a member and in return, you will receive exclusive access to bonus content and becoming a member also really helps to support this podcast and allows us to continue to grow and create this content. But I just wanted to quickly share that I recently added some new additional benefits to each tier, which are some recipes that you guys will receive every month. For those of you who follow me on Instagram at the VHive, you probably see that I'm always making really healthy recipes, gluten-free, dairy-free, sugar-free, different breakfast ideas, baked goods, banana breads, oatmeal recipes, um, some easy lunch and dinner recipes. And from a lot of the feedback I was receiving, you were all saying you wanted these recipes. So I figured that sharing some of these recipes every month with you guys would be a great way to thank you for your support, provide you with additional content, and of course, help get you healthy and feeling good. Um, And the reason that all of the recipes are gluten-free, dairy-free, and refined sugar-free is because that's how I believe we all should be eating. That's what works best for me. I think anyone with any sort of health condition needs to eliminate trigger foods and inflammatory foods from their diet, which is why I'm so diligent and so passionate about eating this way. So if you guys want to receive these recipes, go to Patreon, sign up. I promise you will not be disappointed. You can sign up at www.patreon.com backslash the VHive and all of the different tiered options are listed for you there. So please sign up. It's such a great help. The lowest level is $3 a month. There's so many different options and different things you'll receive. So please check it out. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Today I'm here with Liz Ilgenfritz, a 500 plus hour certified yoga teacher, an urban zen integrative therapist, a pelvic floor educator, and a thriving single mother of four growing humans living in New York City. 
As a former Wall Street professional turned entrepreneur with uniquely rich parenting experience, Liz blends her wealth of life experience with her depth of skills to lead embodied workshops and talks that deeply connect students to themselves and their lives. For the past 30 years, Liz has been a trusted advisor to CEOs and entrepreneurs in virtually every industry sector. Through her 20 plus years as a mother, Liz is frequently sought after counsel to fellow parents seeking well-being and balance for themselves and their families. In mentoring and leading several 200-hour yoga teacher trainings, Liz has mentored many students on their yoga journey. Currently, Liz teaches at Yoga Shanti in New York and Sag Harbor, online yoga and wellness practices through Caravan Wellness, corporate yoga with Optum, integrative therapy with Urban Zen, in-home yoga and mindfulness through Namaste New York, and private sessions including yoga for the pelvic floor throughout New York City and the Hamptons. It's one of Liz's greatest thrills to speak to larger groups and teach workshops including leading dynamic pelvic floor workshops, speaking and advocating for women's intimate health. So thank you for being here and I'm excited for you to share more of your personal story and how you got into this pelvic health, women's intimate health space. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm excited to and happy to, to share my, my journey. I'm excited for everyone to hear it. And it's funny because I think I, I don't know, I think like two summers ago, I saw something that you were doing mm-hmm. in the Hamptons mm-hmm. at um, Yoga yeah. Shanti and I reached out to you Yeah, and then it kind of just never went anywhere and then yeah. I guess a year later we reconnected we reconnected and I'm glad we did <laughs> me too yeah so and we're here. like we're like like pelvic floor I know. soul sisters I know it's amazing <laughs> um okay so tell us how this whole journey began so good question well you know I always like to refer back to what my pelvic floor yoga teacher Leslie Howard says like in the beginning of all of her workshops and I think you you met Leslie right you, you know that's one of the ways in which we we connected I introduced you to her um and she always says every pelvis has a story and oh, that was I reached out to have you on the podcast and you were like no no have Leslie well, on yeah, she's right, better right. right Leslie was coming to town and I was like it's oh, kind yeah. of perfect because my teacher is coming to town so right. let's let's like have you meet her as well yeah no that was amazing yeah good so yeah she's really her work is the foundation of, mm-hmm. of my work for sure and she's just brilliant. She's dedicated her, her career to this in large part as well. So yeah, so she says every, every pelvis has a story. And um, my- Which is such a good quote. It's such a great, it's such a great thing. And it's, yeah. it's so, so true. So my pelvic story has been, you know, I'm gonna be 50 next month. And you look <laughs> and so young. Thank you. Yeah, and, it's you know, honestly crazy. <laughs> no, it really is. Like you have four kids, you That's look sweet. so young. That's sweet, thank you. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, it's 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 been a journey, but it's also been a journey of self-discovery and self-care, and and um, so so in a nutshell, I think the fact that I have four kids and the fact that I have lived this very sort of wide and varied life. I mean, I've been an athlete. I've injured myself in so many ways. You know, my my hip, my sacrum, and. Um, you know, I've lived a pretty stressful life growing up, not growing up, but coming of age, I'll say, in New York City mm-hmm. and working on Wall Street and then being an entrepreneur where I created a chain of juice bars like a decade before there was ever any other juice bar um, and running it all on my own and then um, becoming a single mom again and, and being on my own. I mean, that creates its own sort of source of stress and will really rock your foundation, you know, energetically in your life. And that really 
is something that resides in the pelvis. Mm -hmm. So all of this stuff really shows up in the pelvis. The body keeps score and the body knows. And for me, you, know, you and I have talked about this, it, a lot of it shows up in the, in the pelvis. So can you explain why in women's bodies so many things often show up in the pelvis? Yeah, that's a, that's a, it's a great question. It's a great question. The pelvis is such an important, uh, it's really a central part of our bodies. Like I call the pelvis the core of our core. We're always talking about the core, but it really is the, the core of it all. It's that sort of demarcation point in our body that connects our, our legs, our ability to ground ourselves to the earth with all the rest of our vital organs. The pelvis houses all of our reproductive organs. Um, it's the sort of thoroughfare of everything digestive. <laughs> There's a lot that goes in and goes out of the pelvis all the time and yet we don't think about it okay that's why i always say to people i'm like have you ever had a digestive issue you should know what your pelvic floor is then. right yeah totally totally and, and people don't don't make that mm. connection they don't but so obviously if things are constantly coming in and out of there things show up there when th something is off with digestion when something is off in reproduction things will show up and if you have other pelvic floor issues let's say p potentially unrelated to reproduction and you have something that's happening for you in the pelvic floor, it will show up in reproduction. So it's, it's a two-way street, okay? And um, stress, stress is a huge factor in things, the pelvic floor. Um, you know, I like to talk about the deep layers of the body, the deepest layer of the body, and the domes of the mm -hmm. body, where the pelvic floor is a dome, the respiratory diaphragm is a dome, and then it, it goes on from there, I won't, go into all the details right now, but these deep parts of our body all work together. So if one of these domes are off, or the domes within our body are, un, are misaligned, the breath is off, the way in which we connect our feet to the earth is off, it will show up in the pelvic floor. Our hips are connected to the, to the pelvis, right? So things in the hip will reflect in the pelvic floor. And, you know, it's definitely been one of the parts of my personal journey is having, these, having um, certain hip and spinal issues that you know, I was always working with physical therapists on my sacrum, on my low back, on my hip. And I, literally, I tell you, thousands of dollars I spent on and time on, on physical therapy working on these things. And not one time did anyone ever say, let's consider your pelvic floor so crazy it's so crazy once you've been in through that journey and you understand this your your body on a deeper level it seems crazy to that no one would ever consider that you know healthcare professionals so i i really try i take a very holistic approach to to the body and so um and the last thing i'll say about why it's really important so like i said it, that's it's a great question i'll also address that to, you know, there are two energy centers in the body. So in yoga, we look at um, the body, the, the essence of our being to be in layers, and they integrate along energy centers in our body, of which people are probably familiar, they're called chakras. And the first and the second ones are housed in the pelvis. And the very first one is the root chakra, which um, is really the place where we have our foundation, our sense of, of survival, well-being. Um, stability and the other one being the sacral chakra at the at the lowest part of the belly sort of in front of where the sacrum is which is the back of the pelvis um, it's really where we house uh, uh, sensuality and creativity such important things so it's another thing like you don't necessarily think of but then if you go back and you think oh I'm having sexual issues I'm having you know I'm blocked creatively 
um, people who, you know, on a deeper level, probably may not be aware of the fact that they're um, energetically not not grounded. Mm-hmm. There's something off in their in their root chakra, and it all shows up in in the pelvis. So interesting, and you. This is something um, just in regards to what you were saying before, but it's so unfortunate that people kind of have to go through the whole ringer of PT mm. and doctors. And look, everything happens for a reason. So maybe all of those things are like, you learn something from all of it, but it takes so long to figure out how important your pelvis is, which is why this education is so important so that people can realize the role that it serves and why it's so necessary to like pay attention to it. Yeah, you can hopefully can learn these lessons a little quicker than exactly. you, know, you or I did. And, right. and for, I think for us, it was, there was a reason. It totally mm-hmm. served a purpose that our self-education um, really brought us to the point where we're sharing this in, information, this knowledge, this wisdom, yeah. these practices with other people. Um, but for someone who's, you know, the, the bulk of their work is in some other area, can we just give them a little leg up? Right. <laughs> you know? uh-huh. Like, I, when people come to me and they haven't gone through that journey, I, I'm so happy. Yeah. You know, that's why I love to teach workshops because I feel a lot of times people just say, oh, I just, I, I know it's important, I hear it's important, and I really want to know more. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so great because they're going to save themselves totally. ultimately so much time and money. There really isn't anyone I've ever met yeah. who hasn't, who, who, who has said to me, you know, I, I've never had a low back issue. I've never had a digestive issue. I've never had an issue with anything sexually, you know, yeah. or reproductively speaking. Um, it, it's just not the it, case. It's not, yeah. No, right? I mean, we've all suffered from those things. And if we, um, and, and, and yet we do in this in this day and age in particular, really want to take care of our well-being. We all talk about it. We all spend some time on it. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes some people more than others. But there's a larger contextual awareness of well-being and self-care in this world today, which is amazing. Um, so I think it's just important that we honor like that. There's these deeper places that are important. Totally. Yeah. So going back to Leslie Howard and her workshops and how that mm-hmm. kind of was one of the first things that started all of your exploration yeah. and, and work in this field. Right. So, um, you know, I was, I was a yoga teacher. I am a yoga teacher. Uh-huh. And um, having had four kids and having had injuries and stuff, as I said before. Were you when, a yoga teacher even before you got interested in the pelvic health world in specific? No. Or no. it was kind of simultaneous? It was definitely after. You know, I was a yeah. yoga teacher um for years before i really had a deeper understanding i was always interested in it as a yoga teacher because i had had um sacral issues Uh and hip issues before and i knew from my work when i first went to to study with my teachers rodney yi and colleen saidman yi um so much of their dialogue incorporates the sacrum and the pelvis and the groin and just through their work, I'm like, oh, I, just, I healed myself. I didn't right. need to go to those chiropractors right. and stuff anymore. Um, so I was always interested in it, but I still had a lot of confusion. I started realizing, and this is what things ha- how things happen when you start to learn more. You start realizing what you don't know before yeah. you start realizing what you know. Right. Before you start gaining wisdom. Right. So I was in that place for a long time. And when I met Leslie, I took her workshop, which we, ha- we hosted at Yoga Shanti, um, I was blown away. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I t- shared with you the story where one of the practice. Well, first of all, I should say she had me at not all. It's not always. It's not about tightening the pelvic floor. You know, and when I share that with people, I get the same reaction that I'm sure I gave her when she said that. I was like, "What?" Right. Like she totally had me because I think. In, 
I, I did know that that wasn't my problem, but nobody had ever told me that. And so my first reaction was like, why is nobody saying that? Why mm -hmm. is nobody talking about that? Why is it not so part of the dialogue in this area to say a lot of pelvic floors are too tight and a lot of pelvic floors are combinations of too tight and not enough um, tone. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it, there's, it, it's a complex field. So that was big eye-opener for me. And then at one point during the first workshop I ever took with her, she used me as a model to do this uh, two-person, it takes a teacher and an assistant to work on a student, did this part where, uh, this practice where we were opening up the muscles in the pelvic floor. And I had such a strong reaction to this practice tears welled up in my eyes like I think oh, when I told you the story mm -hmm. I think I said the same thing like I almost can have that same physiological reaction even just recounting the story because it's so powerful um, and it was really just this relief and of it's like tension. one woman on each side of you with the yeah. strap like right kind of putting your it, right. in your groin so the, the way this groin. particular practice yeah. and I do this in my workshops and I do this with my clients you sit in a, a posture called constructive rest where mm -hmm. you're on your back and your knees are bent and your feet are on the floor and there's a, a teacher on one side of you and an assistant on the other side of you and they're holding yoga straps mm -hmm. and they put a foot on your hip joint and a foot on your knee and they're so they're your legs are stabilized and then with the straps yeah, we sort of internally one, right. rotate yeah and, and widen the muscles of the pelvic floor uh -huh. and it, it integrates um, and aligns the sacrum and opens the muscles in the pelvic floor. It is one of the most powerful things if that's your issue, right? right? Instability, um, ligament issues, or um, mus muscular tightness. And so, and you know, again, like I said earlier about energetically, energetically, there's something there. There's something in the sacrum that when, and in the and in the root chakra that mm -hmm. when you align these things in the body, it's like your body finally comes home. And you feel a sense of relief and ease that you haven't felt in so long. Yeah. That the only reaction that you that to, that the body has physiologically, like tears well up. It's like, oh my God, this is what it feels like to be okay. Yeah. You know, to not have pain, to not have to hold it all in. Like that's yeah. always that's been my issue. Like I gotta right. hold it all in. Gotta yeah. keep it together. And I like it's like my pelvis, my pelvic floor and my sacrum thought it could just hold together my whole world. You yeah. know? And so when I had these two women and by the way, like A fifteen other people woman. standing yeah. around holding space for me to like be okay and come home and not have to hold it all together. It's just a gift. Mm -hmm. So that was I was like, okay. This is it. Right. This is my work. Yeah. Like this is so powerful. And I've had other experiences like that with other kinds of yoga practices, mm -hmm. and it's why I love teaching so much. But this is like very particularly close to my to my heart. <laughs> and then what about because I know that well, since you had four children, that obviously like you went through a whole journey with right your birth experiences right. and that also plays a close role in in your interest and the work that you do in the pelvic health space so do you want to talk a little bit about that yeah. as well you know i think it's a really it's really good to share and that's what i love yeah. about your podcast because i think that you know as as you so kindly said people look at me and they're like oh my god you have four kids you look so amazing right. and this and that and and it's and it's such a kind thing to say however 
if you really knew what was going on deep yeah. inside, right? Like it's there's challenges, a lot of challenges, well, right? I I've felt that way so many times where people like look at me and they're like, "Oh my God, you're beautiful." Yeah, and you're so thin, beautiful. And like, yeah. your skin's great, and and you look you look like you look great. Right. You're you and like, it's kind and it's lovely that they right. and I'm like that's so nice that. of you. Thank yeah. you. I can and. accept it more now. <laughs> yeah, but when I was like really going through the all of the pelvic pain issues that I was experiencing a few years ago I was like I'm so glad I look good but like you have no Inside. idea I feel yeah. horrible right. like so it's just and then it actually really taught me a lesson that just because someone looks good it means nothing totally and you know we all have coping mechanisms that like cover that stuff up too yeah. and there is there is this external layer to us in our our, our physical presentation and you are beautiful Thank and you. you know i am in good shape and i've had five right. five, five kids four kids and i'm gonna be 50. so and that's that's fine and it, so it reminds me also of this um, expression that we use in urban zen integrative therapy which is just simply the word and so it's not like, but but this, but that, like oh, but my, but I'm a mess. It's no, you you are beautiful, and you, you know you do have these right. these gifts, and mm -hmm. you have pelvic pain, right? You know, and I've had this crazy journey. It's like it's all part That's of so your experience yeah. and who you are. Yeah. Because it's like the but then takes away all of the good. That's right. The and That's right. is like no, the it's good's both. there and there's something else. It's both. Right? Yeah, and it's when, when we're dealing with difficult I things. Like that. Yeah, isn't it powerful? Uh -huh. uh, simple and powerful, which is like I love those things. Me too. <laughs> um, yeah, we don't want to take away the 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 beauty of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the, and the things that are good. So yeah, I so I think that you know, look. I, my, if I think back, going back to what I said earlier about every pelvis has a story, um, I was definitely like a lot of people and had a lot of misunderstanding about my pelvis. I mean, I've been an athlete my whole life and I had received such bad instruction throughout mm -hmm. the course of my whatever athletic endeavors and, you know, tuck in your pelvis to, you know, lift heavy weights, you know, right. tuck in your, 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 wait, tuck in your low back, suck in your belly, breathe. I mean, I... If I hear any of that stuff now, I just I just need to go over to people and say, I mean, I want to. Yeah. Can you just please stop. Like yeah. you're hurting people. Yeah. You know. So I definitely hurt myself a lot just by getting really bad instruction and thinking that I had to like hold it all in and have a tight belly and all of these kinds of things yeah. that I think a lot of people still suffer from. Mm -hmm. You know. So it's kind of started there, but then of course you add on to it the the stress of you know, running a business and, you know, just not taking care of yourself um, and then having four kids, right. right? So, you know, every time you have a kid, I mean, it's sort of obvious that massive things are happening in your pelvis, but even just structurally, you know, the ligaments loosen, the pelvis has to widen a little bit to make room for it. And you go out and in, out and in four times, it's a lot you're asking mm -hmm. of the pelvis. So every time you have a baby, even structurally, there's a lot that, that, of tax that's happening in your body. And then of course the weight in the pelvic floor and then birth experience. I mean, it can be fine and it can be really darn hard, you right. know? And I've had every kind of experience imaginable. I had a breech birth, I had, um, you know, the sunny side up birth, that one almost shattered me oh, <laughs> I know I know it's not it's it's terrible that was I had a very traumatic birth and and in almost each of my birth stories I I could like I there was always a moment of reflection where I was like I could have died yeah you know I mean if my very first daughter who's 20 now she was breech and 
for sure I would not be here today if mm-hmm. it was you know a couple hundred years ago, right? Yeah. So I had to see, had to have a C-section with her. Um, and each of the other ones had a lot of scary moments, and that trauma is held. It's mm-hmm. held in, in the pelvis. And then my last child, my son, um, was really stuck. I mean, he was stuck so badly. I think I told you the story the other mm-hmm. day um, where they had to put like a suction cup on his head, and I was like pushing for, your, for dear life. Like my OB, literally, I was like, she was like yanking him out of my pelvis. I kid you not I was like is that so scary is that gonna be okay what you're doing <laughs> like I was so traumatized my mom had to leave the room she's like I can't watch and like the suction thing came off his head and she had to put it back on it was awful awful right I'm and so scared. I know and I mean those things can happen right yeah. and 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 so it's not all these rosy stories of, mm-hmm. of what happened and and so every time things need to come back to mm-hmm. home they want to come back to this post-birth homeostasis and you know it just gets, I think it gets harder and harder for the body every time so I felt like I was fine pretty much and you know there came a time shortly after that birth where I became a single mom again mm-hmm. and so there was that remember what I said again about the root chakra and this feeling of stability and groundedness and being held and so that whole thing was rocked mm-hmm. I was a 45 year old single woman with four kids who had been with one man for a long time. So when I became single again and knew I was going to go out and have intimate relationships again, I was like, oof, I better make sure my pelvic floor is okay. You know, (laughs) I really, that was, it was, it's, and it's a real thing for women. You know, we have, um, it's a real thing. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And, um, and so I thought, God, I better do my kegels. I better get back to doing it. I don't know. I mean, my husband, I've always been great. We had really, really good sex, you know, life, but I don't know what it's going to be like with somebody else. Right. And, and so I got, I got my jade balls or whatever uh-huh. those things were, the Kegel balls, and like, let's try to like improve the pelvic floor. And I started experiencing all of this pressure and, and all of this discomfort in my pelvic floor. And I was like, what the hell is happening? So I go to my OBGYN and she's like, oh yeah, well, if you're, you know, you're, you're fine. You don't have any like prolapse or anything like that. But if you're feeling pressure, like, you could do pelvic floor PT. And I was like, okay, sounds like a good idea. I had heard about it before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went and sure enough, and I go to this pelvic floor physical therapy group and it made it a thousand times worse. So already I went from being kind of fine to really hurting myself by using those damn things that they were like trying to market all over the market. Oh, like the dilators? The, no, no. Oh, the like the one? You know, like, well, any kind of ball that you're weighted they ball. They use the weighted ball No, sorry, you? sorry. Oh. I, was, I was going back to saying what I was doing at home. Oh, that and made it worse. That made it worse. That was the original thing that made it worse. It brought me even to go to my doctor and say, ooh, I have this pressure. The I think balls. I should look at the weighted balls, right? Because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. That uses those, and I was like, I don't know about and, this. Yeah, and you know, I shouldn't have, have glossed over it because it's really such an important place to They're stop bad, and, right? and talk. I, I wouldn't say they were a bad thing yeah. if you had like, you know, maybe taken one of my workshops and mm-hmm. really understood all of the things that are, that are, that are mythologized that right. people don't understand about how, when, mm-hmm. where to engage the pelvic floor, to really, truly, in a healthy way, engage the pelvic floor, which we'll get to later when we talk about you know, what, I, what I teach, um, which is right, right away, you get like 70% of people doing it wrong. Wrong. I'm using uh-huh. air quotations, and I actually I shouldn't even, because they're doing it wrong. A lot of women are pushing down. A lot of women are taking the instructions that they've heard either online or from 
someone who doesn't know what they're talking about, hold in where you pee, squeeze mm-hmm. your anus, both not right, both not good for the mm-hmm. pelvic floor, um, and both not the optimal way of, of, of engaging your pelvic floor. So, so I was doing that, you know, right. I was like, oh yeah, everyone's like talking about these things. You're supposed to stick them up your vagina, you hold them in and you get a strong pelvic floor. And it's just, A, was absolutely not what I needed because my pelvic floor was tight. And, and you cannot work on engaging your pelvic floor when it's already chronically tight. Uh-huh. You absolutely have to release your pelvic floor before you can begin to learn how to health, healthfully mm-hmm. engage and release the pelvic floor. Right. The release has to come first, right? So I made my problem worse, and I, I hope that any women who are listening to this, who are considering getting these products, really consider what your situation is in your body. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's really what I teach more than anything is like listen to your body, and mm-hmm. you, you know. So to go on to what I was saying about the pelvic floor physical therapist that I went to that wasn't a good mm-hmm. one. Um, which put, is, happens. There's a which lot happens, of good ones. Which yeah. happens. And I, you know, talking to people now, like people that you've had on your podcast, mm-hmm. other people that we know that are great, they're like, oof, yeah. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so not all pelvic floor PTs equal, and not all yeah. yoga teachers are equal. Yeah. So um, I went there and they, you know, just hooked me up to the biofeedback mm-hmm. machine and like stuck the thing in there and I'm supposed to it just squeeze. And I, I just kept saying to the woman, all I'm doing is squeezing my inner thighs mm-hmm. all i cannot not squeeze my inner thighs to make yeah. this happen and she's just like try you know and it's like well the biofeedback like i'll tell you when you're getting it right and it just it was so disconnected and yeah. so so it's just so not the right thing it was completely unhelpful and again just made it worse yeah. right because all i was doing was and reinforcing my bad sh- stress stressing more, more stressed yeah reinforcing my bad habit. Yeah, and I'm actually glad you said that because I think this happens to a lot of people from what I've heard from other people's stories. You go from, you get to a point where you think, oh my God, this is never gonna get better. It's just, this is how it's gonna be. I have to, Mm -hmm. and I'm just here to say, no. Yeah. No, it doesn't have to be that way. We can all move closer, closer, closer to balance. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely, absolutely true. And the key to that is understanding yourself. And then, you know, arming yourself with a good toolkit of, of practices. Um, so, so I just stopped doing that. And the, luckily, I took Leslie's workshop shortly thereafter. And that's when I just, I mean, I don't know if that woman has ever gotten such a big hug from an, another mm-hmm. human being. I was like, you saved me thousands of dollars and I can't countless hours, you know, of time. Because you took the workshop and just learned so much and felt so much better afterwards. Yeah, and already being a yoga teacher and already, like, you know, we, we share a lineage. So uh-huh. her, her teacher is my teacher's teacher. Mm-hmm. So um, we all sort of come from that same lineage where you know, the sacrum and the, and, and the pelvic floor are just, it's part of the conversation. So we just spoke the same languages right. and we just, like, totally got along. And I was able to say, okay, this is, this is part of my work now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and it's interesting because the story goes on. So it goes on from there because I, she taught me so much about yoga for the pelvic floor and a lot of the other work that I've always done with the breath and how essential the breath is and, and as a part of this. Like you can't work on the pelvic floor without truly understanding the breath and mm-hmm. its relationship to, to the body and to you energetically. Um, but a part that wasn't that I had to sort of explore on my own was how this all relates to your sexual well-being because mm-hmm. people don't really talk about that. It's right. a, you know, you and I have talked about this. this is a hard thing to talk about. It's a hard thing to talk about in a way that isn't um, amped up, mm-hmm. sec- over-sexualized, 
or just super medical. Like it's a real intimate thing and an essential part of everyone's well-being. I mean, think about it. Almost everyone has sex, right? Mm -hmm. And yet we don't talk about it. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And the funny thing is, I'm also here to tell you, as you approach 50 and you have hopefully like a great set of girlfriends, we all talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> We've all gotten to a point in our lives like we're going to talk about it. Yeah. You know, I it's in, it's important. Yeah. And, and probably in part because things start showing up. You know, our husbands start having sexual dysfunction. You know, we go through these things. And we've gone through such a journey that we can no longer just sit here in silence. We're sisters and we're going to talk about it. Right. So we talk about it all the time. I was talking about it last night. You know, I mean, literally, it, it gets brought up. And so, if people aren't talking about it, they want to be. And they're curious about it. So well, it's like, yes. Everyone wants to know more, learn more, talk more. Yes. And I'm ultimately. glad you brought that up because yeah. I'm sure your experience is, is, is similar to yeah. mine where the minute you bring it up, it's like ears, it's like Scooby-Doo ears totally. come up. You're like, oh, talking about sex, talking about the pelvic right. floor. And then you want in on the conversation because like thankfully someone is finally talking about yeah. it, you know. And, um, you know, and it starts from our childhood. Uh-huh. And, you know, I certainly was never taught anything about sex growing up you know it's like you go to I went to Catholic school too so it's right. like even worse <laughs> and you you learn about your period and that's about it and god what a disservice we yeah. do to people right and so you know I have three daughters and trust me well first of all there's like a pelvis on our counter so my <laughs> kids know everything like that's a clitoris right. it's really important right. you'll know later <laughs> you know? so luckily they're getting a good yeah. education about it but still today not a lot of people are talking about it so that's that's sort of another you know offshoot that we've we've also discussed which is sex education really should Important, change yeah should change yeah so but in terms of my my own story so you know I started like struggling to have orgasms because right. my pelvic floor was tight and the emotional piece of it you know I mean I, when you've been with someone for a long time and you're insecure about things because you've had four children like it becomes hard to like really open yourself up to connect in that way emotionally and um, it is an important factor in yeah. your sexual well-being and in your ability to have an orgasm and really enjoy sexual experience is an emotional connection totally right and it's not just women it's men it's mm -hmm. men too um so so i had to sort of really figure figure this out and i've been on a little bit of a exploration about that too and that's just been on my own personal work because mm -hmm. i don't really I, I wanted to blend and I do blend the yoga work that I do with the sexual well-being too which I mean if I'm not gonna do it who's gonna do right. it <laughs> work 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 right. <laughs> um, and it's so, they're so closely related yeah and they're the two, super the think so yeah yeah and so all of my clients I talk about it with all of my clients and they're so happy to be able to talk about it and I see I see changes I mean yeah. women women who had vaginismus who were not able to have sex at all are you know they're they're opening up their own pelvic floors they are getting you know their thumb inside their right. vagina and massaging their own pelvic floor they're reconnecting with themselves intimately um, and they're taking they're empowering themselves mm -hmm. with with these things and they're having positive sexual experiences and it's just, it's an important part of, of well-being. Um, so, oh, and I should tell you, this, this sort of ties into the, the sexual well-being piece. I was at Babeland the other day. Oh, right. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. And 
I was shopping for something and I overheard one of the salespeople talking to another salespeople. Oh, I should qualify. So Bay Bland is a female-oriented sex store. Right. And um, and this person was who was speaking to the other sales associate said, oh, I had another woman call me saying her gynecologist sent her here and what kind of products did I have? And he, and he was complaining, like, I, what am I supposed to tell her? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't know what her problem is. I don't know what she's looking for. And I was, then my Scooby-Doo ears went up. Yeah. I was like, what? Are you kidding me? That gynecologists are just sending people to a sex store to say, get some products for your pelvic floor? I was mortified, you know? And it just reinforced the importance of my work and makes me want to teach more and more workshops just to generally educate people about these things. And, and you know, it, it makes me a little sad to think that there are so many professionals mm-hmm. who could be educating their patients about this, and they're not. They're not, yeah. They're not. Oh, did I say, yeah. Well, and like, for example, I'll back up to what I was saying about my, in my story, how um, when I started feeling pressure, I went to my gynecologist, and she said, oh, you could, hand, you could do pelvic floor therapy never told me that I could have been tight and not loose, never told me um, really anything about it, just handed me a piece of paper. I mean, that's just a bummer. <laughs> you know, hindsight. Change. Right, it needs, needs to, to change. change, it needs yeah. to change. Because, um, you know, like I, like I said, there's these, the pelvis is very complex and it mm-hmm. houses a lot. <laughs> so, well, first, I'm so glad that you shared all that and I think that a lot of women listening will be able to relate because most women who listen to the podcast are either you know those with diagnosed pelvic health issues or practitioners and I'm sure many of them are mothers as well and I would assume I'm not a mother yet but I would assume that every every mother experiences something yeah throughout that process and yeah. I think I'm sure that <laughs> having this you know ha- hearing your story and then learning about all of this is so helpful and so important, which ties into the next question that I want to ask you. So, I mean, the majority of your work is pelvic floor and core education. So why, even if, even if women don't have necessarily pelvic pain or pelvic floor issues, why is this work still so important and still something that every woman should know about and, and learn and be taught about mm-hmm. regardless of whether they have of pelvic pain or not right well it's a great question i think it's it, it goes to what i was saying earlier which is and i'm curious I, like when you do workshops mm-hmm. i'm sure some people know what you're talking about and some people come into it with no clue what, what you're going to be talking right. about really like i said before i haven't met anyone who hasn't said who who had who would say i've never had a problem with my low back or my mm-hmm. sacrum or reproduction or digestion you know there, everybody has issues that eventually show up there whether you feel it or not like you know, these things usually show up down the road and so i think it's it's preventative right it's like it's just a part of your well-being so i think that's why it's really really essential and, and there's a huge connection between the pelvic floor and and the core mm-hmm. and it's another area that's really um underexplored, which is another area that I'm, I'm exploring and teaching workshops about, because if the pelvic floor is the core of the core, 
you know, and, and as I was saying before about how the, the muscles work together, the pelvic floor muscles, the respiratory diaphragm, the, the diaphragm of breathing, and then the core muscles, the three layers of abdominal core muscles all have to work together in concert mm -hmm. to really optimally support your core and to, to do, you know, I'm using air quotations again, core work. Right. You, you really want to align all of that stuff. And people just aren't teaching it that mm -hmm. way. I mean, I, I always say I'm a, I'm a recovered abaholic. <laughs> I received such bad ab instruction my whole life, but I was obsessed with it. Yeah. So I was always doing ab work because I wanted to have flat abs, you know. Right. I grew up in the 80s and like the 90s and you're supposed to be strong and, oh you know. Gosh. Yeah. Um, so, so I think that part of the work is really important for people. And then also you do a lot of work with breath awareness and restorative yoga, which you were just talking about. But what is the role that all of, all of these kind of practices play in women's intimate wellness? Yeah, great, great question. Because so, as you keep saying, as you've said and continue to say, it's not just about the strengthening and the tightening and right. the abs. And it's also about like the relaxing and the breathing. Totally, totally. And, and we haven't really talked specifically about the, what the work is that I, that I do. Um, obviously, pelvic floor education, where I teach workshops, is, is slightly different. When I work, have the opportunity mm -hmm. to work one-on-one -on -one with someone, it's highly specialized and every client is different. And it, it always incorporates an element of, of breath, as I said, because that really, if the breathing the breath is the bridge between the physical and the energetic, and it's you know, 20, 22,000 times a day you're breathing. So if you're not breathing optimally, you're not achieving optimal pelvic floor health all the time. Like a, your breath should be like a massage for your pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. It should be spreading and lifting on every breath, you know, spreading on the inhale and lifting on the exhale very subtly all the time. Yeah. So it's, you really can't teach this stuff without that. Um, and then depending on whether a person is, um, has stress-related issues, it'll be a lot of restorative work. If someone really needs to um, sort of stabilize and learn to engage the, the, their pelvic floor, uh, there'll be a lot of asana work, right? Like yoga mat work mm -hmm. that will teach them how to do that. But even before that, it's like really how to engage the pelvic floor correctly. And um, the kind of alignment work that we typically do in yoga um, is really essential for that because mm -hmm. um, as I said before you get a lot of instructions hold in where you pee hold in where you poop you know that kind of thing mm -hmm. your sitting bones and those are all important but any one of those things is incomplete they all have to work together and you really want to work from the very center of the pelvic floor from the perineum and people don't even know where that is people don't know where their tailbone is people don't know where their sacrum is and it's just because we don't know because there's a lot of misunderstanding and confusion and we haven't talked about it so we talk about that and I work with people on how to properly access engage their pelvic floor and um, and posture is a big part of that too just our, our ongoing posture like here we are sitting right now you and I having this podcast we're sitting on our pelvises mm -hmm. right like all day long it's plays its crucial role so I teach those those are some of the modalities that I that I teach with people um, and if people have really tight pelvic floors I will give I will again use mat work you know yoga asana po postures to teach them to spread the pelvic floor to lengthen the muscles mm -hmm. of the pelvic floor um, so and those are very very different like it's important for me to say that if I had a client who needed to engage their pelvic floor 
and and another client who needed to um, relax their pelvic floor, their sequences, mm -hmm. what I would do with them would be completely different. different yeah. yeah. The only common threads would be um, breath work. You know, and, but I shouldn't even say common because I would focus on different things. Mm -hmm. You know, you and I did a session, right? And right. like, remember, I, I immediately switched what I was going to do with you when I saw how you were breathing, and we did something completely different. So um, it's highly, highly specialized. Um, you know, and I use mudras, too, uh -huh. that work on the energetic body. I use a mudra with you. You did? Yeah. And um, they're really, really cool. sweet, right? Yeah. Did you find it to be, um, I don't know, did you feel a difference? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've been doing it, like... I've been trying to do it every day. I think I missed a few days, but like amazing. It feels good. Yeah, yeah. It really they it's funny. Because I'm very much not about woo-woo things. Yeah. I, I like to I like to use that word because there's so much out there. Yeah. You know, oh my aura or like my energy's off. Because people don't really know what they're talking about. But when you really know what you're talking about and you've practiced this stuff and you've studied it and you've practiced it yourself mm -hmm. and you feel it you know what really really works mm -hmm. and these some, some of these mudras that i teach cl um, clients just are really Work, powerful yeah. yeah yeah and they feel it can you give an example of one that someone could use so um like apana mudra which mm -hmm. helps to facilitate you know m movement of things out of the body so um the breath so it facilitates the exhalation and some people really need to facilitate the exhalation a lot of us actually you know um Sometimes I need to work on someone to breathe more deeply, but some people just really need to learn to really breathe out so they can fully breathe in. They're never fully letting go now of I'm the like breath Now I'm trying out. to do it as you say. Trying to breathe out, yeah. Well, it's like not even about trying, right? It's like you just engage this mudra with your, and this is a hand mudra, we should say, um, a gesture that you do with your hand that sets an energetic pattern in the body. It is, um, and, and it, you just by sitting there or lying there with this hand mudra, all of a sudden you realize by watching your breath, my exhalation's longer, my exhalation's more fulfilling, I'm breathing more easily just by putting this uh, gesture in your hand. Mm -hmm. So that's really cool. Um, there's another mudra that I like to use called Bu Mudra, which is really good for um, clients of mine who need more stability in their body. There's any number of ways why people need more stability. It works on sort of the bones of the body, and integration um, in the pelvis, and stabilizes the root chakra. And I think I did that one with you too. Mm -hmm. I do that mudra every day. So, like literally every can day. Can you describe how someone could do it? Yeah. Um, so you put together your um, the pad of your thumb and the pinky finger and the ring finger, mm -hmm. and you extend the mm -hmm. ring finger and the middle finger. And so you're sitting on a seat um, on the floor, and you extend your arms out and the two fingertips that are extended, the pointer and the middle finger, sort of plug into the ground. Right. And so, and then you, you will sit there for several minutes. After about three minutes, you sort of begin to get to the energetic layer of um, flow in the body. So you want to sit for a handful of minutes. And it's, it's as much setting this energetic pattern of the grounding as it is getting the energy back up through the body from the earth mm -hmm. and, and it's like you begin to feel this circle this circle and this cycle of breath and energy moving through your body just by sitting there it's crazy and how long do you recommend that someone does it for um well at least three minutes because like i said it doesn't really begin to penetrate deep energetic mm -hmm. into the energy body and for about three minutes so you know five minutes is good yeah, yeah. cool sometimes it feels so good i'll be doing it for like 10 minutes like okay Feels so good to, to come out. Come yeah, out now. 
So do you want to talk a little bit more about the other types of teaching and educational work that you do? And then I have a few other questions that I want to ask you after. Yeah, so I, I, I think an important thing for me to say about how this work is unique and distinct from mm -hmm. other kinds of work like this is that I, I teach people, I give people tools, I teach people tools to heal themselves. Yeah. So I don't heal people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they heal themselves by me teaching them tools to deeper, more deeply connect with their own bodies and to understand these patterns and to bring them to balance by using the tools that I give them. So I, I, I like to use the parallel, uh, the metaphor, let's say, of um, you know, if you teach a person to fish, if you give a person to fish, you've like fed them for a day. Mm -hmm. If you teach a person to fish, you've fed them for a lifetime. So I think so true. when you go when you go to someone to fix you again, I'm using air quotations. Right. You fix your pelvic floor, and you still haven't addressed these underlying things that we're talking about: stress management, understanding how you how to breathe, how to stand, you know, posturally in a way that facilitates well-being. Right? And, and inevitably, a hundred percent of people shift when I say posture. Hundred <laughs> percent, me included. Um, if you haven't addressed those things that you are living with every day. You might get your relief in the in the immediate term because you've been fixed, um, but you're going to go right back into those patterns, mm -hmm. and it's going to show up again. And so I arm people with the tools that they in the knowledge that they need for a lifetime of, of well-being. And so I, and I just it's about empowering. It's about empowering and educating. It's not me fixing people. And you've done this on yourself, so you know, like you're living right. proof that this worked for you. Totally, totally. And it's, you know, it's an, and it's an ongoing journey, exactly. you know? Um, I mean, there'll be times when I don't, there'll be long periods of time where I don't really have to do much for myself, mm -hmm. but then there'll be times when things will show up right. because it's where things show up for me and I've got, I pull but up my toolkit. But you know what to, what to do. Yeah, uh -huh. totally. So, yeah, and I think that how does it how it informs how I work with yeah, my clients? Like, yeah, how because you have so much of your own personal experience with all of these pelvic health. I don't want to say issues, but just like pelvic health. Yeah, you know, experience around that area. Exactly. Totally. Um, how does that impact the way that you work with your clients? Yeah, it's a great question, and I all I can say mm -hmm. is. <laughs> How do I say this? <laughs> um, you know, I, I've I've experienced a lot right. in, in this area, and I and I've done the work, and I continue to do the work. And I think that the only way to really be able to impart wisdom to people is if you've done the work. You know, you I it, totally you agree. can't just go to a class and learn it and tell a person what to do because you you won't know how to deal with what comes up. You won't be able to even express it in a way that lands on a, with a person of like, oh, right, you know, and 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 feels it. They really and then and then they feel it in the way that you are hoping that they will, because you're guiding them in a way that you have felt in your own body. So that's that's how it's definitely affected me. But it's the way I teach. I teach everything, you know, and. It's you know, the other interesting layer. It's a bit of an offshoot of your question, but I was thinking about it when we were thinking about preparing to talk mm -hmm. today. Um, other thing that's really hard is really seeing a person, you know, and really seeing a person's body, really seeing a person, being able to read a person energetically. That and I spent years doing. You know, I 
would travel with Rodney and Colleen, my teachers, and they would take me to their retreats and I would assist their retreats. And Rodney would literally walk me around to people and say, look at this, look at that. And I mean, I didn't like see those. what? <sighs> that a person, so where, where a person was blocked energetically, right. where a person, uh, where prana wasn't flowing in the body, you know it's it, so crazy it, it's it's crazy well because anyone who's ever taken a class with Rodney anyone and, and Colleen's equally you know gifted he just seems to have this like ability to see things that most people are like what and he's and he's right he sees he sees things so I really learned so much from him because for sure when I first started my teachings with them uh my trainings with them I wouldn't know what he was talking about and so just imagine how many teachers there are out there who've done a 200-hour teacher training who are teaching things to people, and they don't know, well, and they that, don't see, yeah. you know? And so I, I, it's been such a gift, the years that I spent doing that with them and, and learning to see mm -hmm. things in people, you know? And I, I say to people sometimes, like, it gets to a point where it's like, ooh, it's a little, almost a little scary. Right. Like you can see a person in a way that you've never been able to see a person before. Yeah. So in this work, it's really, it's really uh, helpful because I can, I'm not just treating what a person specifically tells me. I can begin to make the connections between other things that I see in a person's body energetically and physically. And that's how it's very unique in how each person is, mm -hmm. I approach each individual person. And that's one of the reasons also why I was so happy to have met you. I mean, besides for, our relationship but I'm I was so like I it, it was perfect timing that we reconnected because so many people reach out to me especially that live in New York and have pelvic pain and are you know want me to send them to different suggest different practitioners mm, to them mm -hmm. and what you do is so important but it's like I wouldn't just tell someone oh just go do yoga like you know that's wow, that's, that's a good cause that's good. That, right but well, and it could, happened it, it happened I, right. I think I told you about my client right my yeah. I have a client who has a uh, uterine prolapse and someone said to her oh you should do yoga like, they, like everybody thinks yoga stuff like that right yeah it made her problem worse, so much worse right and and it's not it's not that there's anything I mean I, know, I, I I will say yeah. I will say that there is there is not no bad yoga. Yeah. <laughs> You're like oh, there's no bad. Yeah, there's bad there, yoga. Right, but, but like what you do is amazing, and so all I'm really trying to say is that <laughs> is that you know have like you are such a good resource for women all over the country, but especially in New York that could work with you. Like if I if someone were to come to me, I'd be like go go see Liz because she really knows like right. how the pelvic floor and yoga and breath work all come together. And right. that's not something Thank that you. any yoga teacher would be able to help you with or any pelvic health specialist right. would be able to help you with. Thank you. I, so I, 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 I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. Are there any other ways that you think would be interesting to share um, of things that you do with your clients that kind of help bring their bodies back into balance when they are not in balance. Um, you know, I think we, we touched on a lot of the modalities mm -hmm. that I that I use, and I would I would say that you know another piece of this that is really crucial because we are talking about this very in, this very intimate part of our of our bodies that people don't talk about, that people don't educate about, they don't share. Yeah. They suffer in silence, you know, um, or they think it's normal. You know, and I always say it totally. might be common. But it's not normal. normal. Yeah. It's a, it's there are several things that are common that are not 
normal. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about it. So I think that the other thing that is important here in this type of work, working with yoga, working with me, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, um, and even like the, in the workshops, is really about normalizing the conversation and that it's really okay that I hold space for people to just share their experiences, raw, all of it, yeah. you know, from things having to do with peeing and pooping to sex mm -hmm. to childbirth to all these things that are real that that hello happen to they happen everyone. to everyone and it's okay everyone pees right. everyone poops almost everyone has sex and many of us have been through childbirth yeah and it's okay to talk about it and then you realize that once you start talking about it all of these other women are coming to you and talking about it totally and yeah. And they're like, what? Like, uh, why have I never talked about this? Why did I never know? Like, why is no one telling me? And you're just like, all I did was have a conversation about it. And now it's just really about opening the conversation. Yeah. It's not just about, but it's part of it, opening the totally. conversation. I might have told you how a couple years ago, this is before the pelvic floor work, actually, mm -hmm. I had um, one. A, I guess I always was interested in the pelvis. I won, um, in sexual well-being, I won a, at, a, at an auction a little group session with a sex therapist for like, you know, you and five friends. And so I got together That's this cool, group actually. of, totally. Yeah. I had this great group of women that I met at a place called City Babes, which no longer exists, but it was a club for families in Soho where I was living. And met a great group of women. We used to box together all the time, which, um, not necessarily something I would recommend anymore but we did it and we loved each other and I brought them all to this workshop and this really lovely Ursula Offman is her name and maybe you should have her on someday she's wonderful she's been a sex therapist for 40 years it's all she's ever done professionally she she really knows what she's talking about anyway the reason I bring it up now is to say that I knew these women well like we spent two times a week together for a long time and we were bonding and chatting we talked about lots of things but when we got down to this I realized what a varied array of relationships people had with their partners with their own sexual well-being their ability their willingness to be open to talk about things and then again this was a platform to be open about it and let I me mean, literally everyone was like oh my god I'm so excited to talk about these things because it was a platform to do that in a way that's that they such hadn't. a cool yeah experience yeah so I that's part of why I really want sexual well-being to be a part of the work that I do in these in these workshops that I teach because mm -hmm. it's important it really is an important thing and it's as I said it's, it is hard to talk about yeah it is hard to talk about but if we can find a fun um, and uplifting way yeah. of talking about it that's not campy mm -hmm. It's great. So hopefully we've we've done that a little bit here today. We definitely have. And no, it's amazing. And it's something that I notice, you know, almost every day, every week, just through this podcast is like, it doesn't, I feel fortunate that it's easier for me to have these conversations. But then I realize when people read, even, you know, friends I haven't spoken to in a few years, a friend of, an old friend of mine reached out to me, um, this week that she just had a baby I had no idea I went to school with her and mm. she was like I'm having all of these issues and mm. she was telling me about all of her issues and I it made me feel it's hard to like articulate this the right way because I, I obviously don't wish those issues upon anyone I wish I could take them away from every woman but at the same time I'm like I feel so good that you you know could come to feel you yeah, yeah. Could come to me and you feel 
comfortable yeah. talking about this and that yeah. I have created this space where totally. you can so good question and ask and learn and you know I'm happy to help you and yeah so it's I so think good that you're doing it's just this. talking about it is like uh, the woman here they're like oh I heard this woman talk about it and then when they when something happens to them or they have a problem even if it's a month few years down the road then they remember they're like oh well I heard this conversation I heard that right. conversation and they feel more comfortable kind of bringing it up and getting help and figuring out what's wrong and yeah that's the really the beauty of the of the work that you're doing this the same thing I was just saying holding space right. holding space for people to have these conversations and you know it's, I, I want to also say you know you said it's just having the conversation mm -hmm. and yes but like let's also be really clear but what I know is an important part of both of our missions which is it's bringing good information, good information because totally. there's there's bad information out there yeah a and, lot and 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 I, I mean, everything I've listened to you uh, to uh, listened to on your podcast uh -huh. has been spot on and, okay, and all aligned and integrated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, these are women who like know the work yeah. and, and really are, are incredible professionals. What other questions do I have for you? Oh, like a number one piece of advice that you would give to anyone mm, listening. I, I love the way your questions are just. You're such a good really? host because you. your questions really flow from the conversation. Thank you. Um, and because and I was literally going to say what, what I would say to, to your answer, which is, I mean, to your question, which is um, my number one advice to people is to listen to yourself. Yeah. And I, and I wrap every workshop with this, kind of, this part of uh, this piece of advice, which is to say, listen to your own body because it, it has to ring true to you. You will know if you're listening to yourself whether something is right or not mm -hmm. for you at this time. So if you were really paying attention to your body and you were stressed out and you were tight and you were holding a lot, you were running a lot of tension in your pelvis and someone was telling you to engage your pelvic floor and do your kegels, mm -hmm. you would know that it wasn't right. Like I, like in my story, I was telling you, I knew it wasn't right. Yeah. I knew, I was like, all I'm doing is making it worse. So you have to listen to yourself and trust yourself mm -hmm. and don't give away your well-being to even another professional and I'm not saying that you shouldn't go to a pelvic floor PT absolutely if that's what resonates with you you should do it but own that own what you feel that they're teaching you and keep it going because it's yeah. part of your well-being and you know what I was gonna say is what's an essential part to being able to really listen to the body and integrate the wisdom is to have some form I mean, ultimately mm -hmm. and this is what I teach everyone and you know because I give people homework mm -hmm. a daily practice and I'm not saying it has to be a daily you know pelvic floor practice that's 20 minutes long or whatever but I, I feel and I learned this from my very first teacher training many years ago every single day you have to listen to yourself you have to hold whether it's five minutes Everyone has five minutes, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a single mother of four living in New York right. City, running around, it, managing two homes. I, I, have, well, I have more than five minutes, yeah. but it's also my profession. But, you know, even when I had Elixir, like I, everyone has five minutes. Mm -hmm. And it's like a baseline. Like check in with yourself. How, bring myself home. Like give yourself a Shavasana every day and just lay there and listen to your body and listen to your breath. And making that connection is a cornerstone of well-being mm -hmm. yeah are there any books or resources that you have to recommend um well definitely leslie's book mm -hmm. um pelvic liberation is her book self-published it's a great book it has a lot of the stuff in there 
that she teaches that is stuff that I teach um, and have, have, have added on my own, my own work from, but the, it's really very foundational and wise and culmination of all of her work. Um, raw, beautiful, good, good book. And, um, and the other thing is, I, one of my favorite all-time books mm. is Light on Life by BKS Iyengar. He wrote it late in his life, and every single thing in that book reads like a gem of wisdom because here's a man who's dedicated his life he's one of the founding founding fathers of yoga as we know it today mm -hmm. and wrote this late in his life so it integrates all of his wisdom and it really teaches us about how to live in an integrated way so interesting it's such a great book yeah i, I think anyone who you don't have to be a yoga practitioner to read that book mm -hmm. to be like oh yeah this makes that's, sense that's yeah. wise i want to I'm gonna live that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, and lastly, where can people contact you if they want to work with you or just talk with you, follow you on Instagram? Mm. Yeah, great question. Well, my website's my classes, yeah. yeah, take my <laughs> yoga classes. My website is my name, lizdilgenfritz.com, and all of my information is there. So you can you can find really all the things that you talked about in the intro there from my Instagram stuff to my work with Caravan to my schedule at Yoga Shanti to my workshops. So that's a great place. And I'll link that in the show notes along with everything else. But great. Your Instagram, Liz Ilgenfritz. My Instagram is Liz Ilgenfritz. It's just your my email. name. Your um, email? Liz at, at okay. com. Amazing. <laughs> so this will all be linked um, for anyone who wants to contact you. And I think that's it. This was really... <laughs> New okay. York City. Yeah. This is super fun. Thank you for having me. Thank and you for I, doing I this. And I hope that... Um, the story, like, you know, makes other people feel less alone and opens it the conversation. Will. I know it will. Good. This podcast is for education purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other healthcare professional services, including the giving of medical advice. During the episodes, no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Listeners should seek the assistance of their healthcare provider for any concerns or questions they have.